SFFL, yeah, you know we stay flexing. 12 good teams, bout to find out who the best is. Coming to you every week, like it's that correction. Josh and Bobby on the mic, about to send a message. Yeah, we air it out. Only one ring, who gon' wear it out? Build up your team before I tear it down. Turn on the games, it's going down. What's up, you degenerates? This is not your commissioner, Josh Raymer. This is the the side podcast, I guess you could say. Um, this is Sneeko, and uh, we've got Mr. Ben Ratty here tonight. What's going on, Ben? Yeah, what's going on, man? Nice to hear from you. Um, let's just fill him in a little bit on, I guess, our setup right now. We're uh, talking through an app that records phone calls, so... <laughs> it might sound a little bit less like a podcast and more like a phone call between friends, but we're uh, yeah. going to try our best for you guys. We're, we're keeping we could, this puppy alive. <laughs> we could name it that, phone calls with friends. Yeah, for real. I mean, basically, though, we're, we're keeping this thing alive, keeping the XFL podcast above water. Even though our uh, our friends, the big three, are moving on. They're Hollywood now. Greener pastures. Yep. Yeah, the big times now, but uh, just shout out to them for, um, especially Josh and then, um, you know, Bobby and, you know, Adam, um, you know, those guys just did that for, for fun. And, you know, we all got a lot of enjoyment from it and definitely appreciate that they took the time to do this and to, to do that before. And, you know, uh, now they're, you know, they're hitting it big. So we wish yeah, them sure. well. In their podcast ventures, I think the what do you think of their podcast so far? It's awesome. I I have my uh, fantasy guru bro account, as you guys probably know, and so I try to <laughs> uh, retweet them and shout them out as much as I can. They're doing awesome work. Um, yeah, no, I really like it, and it's not only a IDP podcast, but it's also become a comedy podcast as well. <laughs> Yeah, I know. They spend spend a lot of time on Mountain View that last time I saw the uh, previews on Twitter. They've got yeah. kind of funny. All right, well, let's jump into it, Ben. Let's start off with um, maybe a little NFL news. I want to get your perspective on a couple things, and then we'll jump into some, um, some XFFL stuff. We'll do um, some trade recaps, um, you know, a preseason power ranking, and then we'll uh, actually go through each matchup tonight. So, But uh, before we start, what do you think of the Andrew Luck news? I mean, it's just impossible to not talk about it. Oh, crazy. I, I, um, shame on the Colts fans for booing first off. I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think it might be the new NFL we live in. I'm As you guys know, I'm currently in the middle of you know, Melvin Gordon being a millennial, so I that new generation of football players my age, you know, are thinking more about the health impact and the mental health impact and getting paid and getting out. You know, I, I think it's a, people consider it a lot more of a job now in, in a lot of ways. Sure, of sure. Career. You know, a lot of yeah. the old the old timey guys could do anything for a ring. You know, for the Frank Gore's of the, Frank Gore's of the world. Yeah, I mean, even you think about Tom Brady, he, t- he takes pay cuts. To yeah. Me, you know, his guy's yeah. going. Yeah, you know, I think you, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, our parents' generation—they just come from that 
just hardworking um, generation. You know, my my dad was a factory worker, and you know, he he worked for the same company pretty much his whole whole life, and that very different from uh, how you know people our age view things nowadays. But as far as the the fans booing. Um, you know, thinking back on it now, I do think it's wrong. You know, I originally said I don't know if I would boo or not, and I still don't know, you know, if I was in that situation as one of their fans. And I'd love when I was booing. It was, you know, I think they got caught up in the heat of the moment. Um, the, the timing was terrible. I mean, I I respect and I get Andrew Luck's decision, and, you know, really timing is never, you know, it's never going to be great for something like that. But, I mean, okay. Uh, a week and a half before the season starts, and they were they were a Super Bowl favorite. So yeah, I know Colin Coward picked them as his Super Bowl favorite. Yeah, I put um, I think I put ten bucks on them to win the Super Bowl. I'll have to go back and look at that bet. Yeah. So yeah, odds are probably very different on that bet nowadays. So um, yeah. So okay. Well. Any other uh, news from around the league that you want to get into? I know that um, your Dolphins have been talking about Jadavion Clowney. Is that something that's going to happen? Um, it's something I don't know if I'd like to see happen. It depends what the price is. I think we're rebuilding, but it would it would be such a Dolphins move to just go out and <laughs> trade a bunch for a DN that we're going to have to pay a bunch. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I uh, but. That for that reason, I really feel like it's happening. <laughs> As a Dolphins yeah. fan, we always find a way to. We'll probably trade up first so that we don't have a shot at Tua, and then give up, you know, like Kenny Stills and Drake in addition. Yeah, I mean they're talking about cutting Stills. Is what I've heard. Well, did you did you hear? Um, so he came out against Jay Z's Player Coalition that the NFL is doing. And so he was kind of like thought that Jay Z was being, you know, not, you know, it didn't like you didn't fit with the Kaepernick movement. Okay. And so then the Dolphins in practice played eight Jay Z songs in a row at the start. Oh, so it's kind of like a dig at him or something. Yeah, like as a direct, like you to him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I don't know about um, Clowney going. I mean, it's just like you said, you would think that a team that's trying to contend and just needs that extra piece on defense would be the ones going in on Clowney. I, I mean, wouldn't Seattle kind of make sense to you? To me, I know I, Seattle and Philly are uh, his preferred destinations, at least at the coming. Yeah, Philly would be great. Philly would be great because they lost a lot on the defensive line. And they, you know, that defense is coached so well, they typically always produce um, – yeah, in that area. So it would be interesting to see him there. Any other any other big breaking news aside from that, or you want to get into the trades? I think we can get into the trades. Okay. So um, let's just quickly go through it. There, there was one real big trade um, since our auction draft. Um, but we can go uh, trade by trade here and, you know, give your thoughts on that. Um, well, first of all, Bobby is involved in just about every one of these trades, every trade except for one. So, Bobby, um, Mr. Trade Addict out there, um, hey, keeping keeping the league active. I like it. Um, first trade was literally the day after the auction. Um, Bobby received a 2025th 
in a 2021 Ford uh, from me, and I received Matthew Stafford. So what what are your thoughts on that trade since it involves me? Um, Not a huge move, but I think it's the type of move you make when you need depth. Uh, quarterback depth is something that you, it's not really on the forefront of anyone's mind until it is, you know. <laughs> sure. You you don't want you don't really think you need a great quarterback and you know everyone says to stream it but then in our league you really look and I um I was looking about trading Roethlisberger potentially and when I a little bit of I guess inside info to everyone but then when I looked at <laughs> uh, the free agent market I saw Eli Manning would be the best pickup to replace him and it made me a little more tentative. Sure. So just what was going on in my head for this was I got through the auction. Uh, feeling pretty good about my team, in all honesty. And then I looked, and my backup – I didn't have a backup quarterback. So I went on the – you know, I had a couple guys at IR. So I went on the, um, you know, the free agent pool, and Ryan Tannehill was actually my backup quarterback behind Baker Mayfield. So, you know, thought that I had to do something there. And the second – you know, if something happened to Baker, um, the cost of that quarterback – from the guys selling is definitely going to skyrocket. So I thought it was a good move for both Bobby and myself, but again, pretty small move there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So not, not too much to, to talk about on that one. Uh, next one here, a little bit. Um, this is an interesting trade between Charlie and Aaron. Definitely um, some good uh, future prospect names um, here. And, you know, to give everybody a little bit of background, the future prospect uh, area is, kind of both you and I's expertise. So that's, yeah. you know, I think we're both way more looking at the deep, deep sleepers. And I, I think, you know, the, the big three is, you know, where their information is, they're definitely like kind of the IDP experts where, yeah, they, they've got a lot more information on, on that than me. But, um, yeah, the deep sleepers, you know, playing a lot of fantasy ball, we we uh, are constantly looking at these names. So, um, yeah. okay, so Charlie receives Chase Winovich, Mike Gesicki in a 2022nd, and Aaron receives Michael Gallup, Emmanuel Ogba, and a 2023rd. So what are your thoughts I, on this trade? I like the trade for both sides. I Aaron needed to get a wide receiver. I think he needed wide receivers this offseason, and he paid up. You know, He went out and he yeah. did what he needed to to go and work on the position, so I uh, commend him for that. I I think Gallup is a perfect type of guy for him because he loves his Cowboys, and I actually think uh, Gallup is a great sleeper for this year. Yeah, I'm a big I, uh, fan of Gallup this year. On the other side, it's it's a risky endeavor being in the Giuseppe business, but uh, I actually was looking into acquiring him for a little bit, so I think that could be a move that pays off. And, and Chase Winovich could be the next Clay Matthews. You know, hate to just compare people to people who look exactly like him. Yeah, but. white guy with long hair. <laughs> But he can, he can get at the quarterback for sure. At least he I, yeah, I I know a lot about Chase Winovich because he played at Michigan and you know being a Buckeye, we played against him every year and that was the big game every year. Um, it's funny the guys that came out of Michigan this past year. Um, obviously, um, Devin Bush was um, you know he's probably the highest profile guy. But then after that, it was Rashawn Gary. But I like Winovich better than Rashawn Gary. He just has that motor that, um, you know, Winovich was a good – he's a good athlete too, but, you know, that, that football sense and that motor 
a lot of times, especially on, you know, the, the defensive line um, or even at linebacker where guys are, are up in the play, I think it can make a bigger difference in some of the measurables. So I, I do like Chase Winovich here. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was an even trade. Mike Gesicki seems like he's been on every team in the league at this point. I had him for a little bit last year before I traded him. I think I traded him to, char- to Aaron. So, um, all right, so here's the big one. Um, this one definitely caused a lot of chatter around the league, just, you know, who you think won this trade and, and um, you know, what everybody's intentions were. So Lee received Chris Carson, Cooper Cup, Frank Clark, and a 2025th, and Bobby received Terry McLaurin, Kareem Hunt, Miles Garrett, Xavier Howard, and a 2021 third. So wow, yeah, what do you yeah. what are you thinking of that one, Ben? It's a big move. I um I think it showed once again that Bobby's not afraid to take the risk and wait on some of these guys. And I it's a bold play, but I I think he's kind of smart with some of his thinking that uh if he buys some of these running backs at a low point like Kareem Hunt and waits on them, he can try to sell them at a high point. Um. I think the trade really showed to me a kind of surprising amount of confidence in Terry McLaurin, who I've been hearing great things out of camp, and so I I definitely like him as a prospect. I think he'll be great, but just rookie wide receivers as a whole to count on them, and like he's counting on him as to be one of those flex positions. It's always a risky endeavor, especially with uh, the quarterback situation in Washington. Yeah. What do you think about Kareem Hunt? Because he's got to be one of the most debated players this offseason. And everybody that I've, you know, all the people in the industry that I listen to and I get my information from are telling me to avoid Kareem Hunt like the plague. I mean, you can't even play. And our, our league is a little bit different because it's Dynasty. Um, and he has Kareem Hunt passed this year. But where does Kareem Hunt go from here? I mean, do you, do you really think that he's going to um, take the job from Nick Chubb if, if Chubb's successful? I mean, I... I personally think, and, you know, I have Nick Chubb on my team, but I think Nick Chubb is a better running back than Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I'll, like, uh, I'll expose some of my thinking here because I've kind of got a hot take on this. I'm not 100% sure even how good Kareem Hunt is. I, you know, I, the Chiefs consistently, you know, pump out great running back after great running back, turned Damian Williams, who I personally watched as a scrub for my Miami Dolphins, <laughs> turned yeah. him to a stud. I'm not sure exactly how great a player Kareem Hunt is outside of that system. I definitely don't think he's a Nick Chubb, <laughs> a Nick no. Chubb who's an elite type of prospect. I'm not, I've actually been kicking myself ever since I um, – if you remember last year, Corey Davis for Nick Chubb was floated early in the season when Carlos Hyde was uh, oh, on the team, and I, I still kill myself over that one. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I just think they're different <laughs> levels of prospects. And so um, – I think Nick Chubb's fine, and if I'm Kareem Hunt, I'm really if I'm Kareem Hunt owner, I'm really hoping he, he um, finds a way out of there after this year to go sign and start somewhere else. Which that in itself is a risky proposition with him. Yeah, absolutely, especially with the influx of running back talent that comes into the league every year. I, I don't think that you're going to see guys have long term value at the running back position unless they are, you know, a Zeke or a Barkley or uh, even Chubb, uh, you know, Chubb's not going to – I don't see Chubb as like a seven, eight-year guy. I see him, you know, three to four years, and then it's on to the next guy. So, um, yeah, but 
Uh, Bobby also did get Miles Garrett, which you know, huge. We all know how how much everybody loves Miles Garrett in this league, and it, deservedly so. And you know, Bobby has a man crush on him as well. So Bobby went and got his guy. Um, but let's look at the other side here. I think Lee made his team a legitimate playoff contender with this trade. Um, Chris Carson, I've been rising on um, this offseason. I think that wow, my – you, you're, you're Mr. Yeah. Penny, though. Yes, I was Mr. Penny. I still am. He's on my team. <laughs> oh, but, God, um, I was going to say I was Mr. Penny. Jeez. Yes. I'll give a little bit of insight here. Uh, Bobby and I went back and forth for about five days on Chris Carson before he finally dealt him to leave. And I just couldn't pay the price that Bobby wanted for him. Um, I still wonder if I should have, uh, because I do think Chris Carson has RB1 upside this year. Um, everything that I've seen from him out of, you know, the preseason and camp, he, he looks amazing. I mean, have you seen much of his tape at all? Yeah, he's he's really one of those guys where everything is impressive but the draft capital. And so sure. you get to a certain point where you say, how many times does he have to prove it on the field before you forget the draft? It's kind of um, the predicament I, I find draft... myself in with Aaron Jones, you know? Sure. I don't think the draft capital matters, for no. at least for this season. Um, I mean, you got to go with the guy that's – and Penny – or I'm sorry, Carson looks the part. I think Penny will still get a you know a good number of of um, carries just because there's so much to go around, but I mean Carson is the guy to own in that backfield. And then um, after Carson, um, you know Cooper Cup is also has as wide receiver one potential, uh, back end wide receiver one potential in my opinion. I just took him as my wide receiver one in a redraft league uh, just a few nights ago, and I I felt fine. You know I went running back, running back, and then got um got cup and you know I, I was completely fine with it. So that's a great contract in this league too. Yes. Oh under a million dollars a year I believe, right? Yeah, I don't know how many years off the top of my head, but yeah, eight hundred and eighty thousand for this year. I know that off the top of my head. Yeah. So that's I mean, you had a potential R B one and a potential wide receiver one, plus Frank Clark who was the defensive end one last year. Um for a place, Garrett. Yeah, to replace Garrett, so, um, you know, it's not just, just adding it. He, he did take away quite a bit of talent. Um, but, you know, it, it's a slight downgrade, but it'll work, I think, to get those, those two big offensive pieces. So I think Lee, you know, we'll see in our power rankings that are coming up, but I think Lee really made a, a pretty big jump with that deal. Yeah, um, I now I might even have to reconsider Lee in my power ranking, but we'll save yeah. that for Next segment. Yeah. yeah, we'll go through it. Uh, okay, so let's get through these uh, next couple ones. Uh, there's another pretty juicy one, but um, I think we'll my favorite trade of all time is, is on this list. <laughs> um, all right, so next was Zach received Deshaun Watson in 2024, and Bobby received two 2022nds and a 2023. So, yeah, that was actually um, after the luck news, I was trying to peddle Ben Roethlisberger to Zach as quick as I could. <laughs> And uh, before I could even do anything, Sean Watson, I get that trade executed notification. I was like, oh, man. Because it was a great situation to sell a quarterback. But uh, good old Zach, he went out and got the best one I think he could have. 
I think. You don't have him as the QB1. He's got to be close. He's probably in my top three. Yeah, I think if, if Mahomes regresses at all this year, I think Deshaun Watson's the quarterback one, if he stays healthy all year. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's electric. And they've upgraded their offensive line slightly, so he shouldn't hopefully be on his back the entire season. Um, I, I think it's a good trade for both sides, though. I talked to Bobby a little bit about this. Um, you know, he, you can kind of see from some of his moves, he's he's retooling and rebuilding a little bit. I wouldn't call it a, a full-on rebuild like I did last year, but, um, you know, quarter, even, our, even the best quarterback in this league, the value is going to be capped just because there's so much quarterback talent. So to get two seconds and a third back for Watson, I mean, you, you've got to think that one of those 20, 20 seconds, could easily, he could easily go out and get the QB1 next year, and then that would leave him a second and a third still. So I think that's a good move for Bobby. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good one for both sides. So, Okay, on to the next one. This is a little bit juicier. Uh, Bobby receives Todd Gurley. Yeah. And John Kelly, who I is John Kelly still on that roster? Yeah, he is. Okay. Um, and then Lauren receives Amari Cooper, Duke Johnson, and the twenty twenty first. So oh, I wow, think, that's a that's a big one. Yeah, the the price was definitely right for both sides, but God, I just gotta say, this is my this is the one my favorite trade of all time in this league because there cannot be enough said about Bobby trading Todd Gurley, <laughs> waiting the entirety of the offseason, and reacquiring Todd Gurley. It is the microcosm of Bobby. Like, that is Bobby as a fantasy player for you. Like, that is all you need to know. But, <laughs> I don't know how he should take that. <laughs> I mean, he's the trade addict. Yeah, yeah. Um, my thought is. You know, Gurley's obviously the best piece in this um, in this trade. I don't I don't know why Bobby does this after selling some of these guys that he just sold though, um, especially because he had to give back at twenty twenty first. If it was just Gurley for Cooper and and John Kelly is nothing. I mean, I I think he's like fourth or fifth on that depth chart. So um, I think if you if he just traded Gurley for Amari Cooper and Duke Johnson straight up, I think it's fine. But I think giving back that 2021 was, I don't, I, it's not something I would have done, you know, if I'm trying to rule, retool my team. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, I think Duke Johnson, too, is a really cheap and interesting piece. I, I think Complete wild card. I have no idea what to expect from him. I really do think they could bring someone in. I'm not putting that out of the waters yet, but if they don't, I, got to be wheels up for the guy yeah if they don't bring anybody in it's duke john i mean they traded a third round pick for him and duke's a very talented player he's just not really been like a, a heavy workload guy before so he's not the biggest guy in the world and he definitely excels in the receiving game so we'll see but uh that's definitely a wild card but i, I would say um i think lauren wins this trade um because he doesn't have to pay Todd Gurley another contract. Um, he gets that first, and then you know who knows what he's going to get with Duke Johnson. So, because uh, yeah. both I believe both Cooper and Gurley are up at the end of this season, and never thought I would say this, but I think I'd rather pay Cooper a long-term extension uh, than Gurley. Yeah, I, I think I would too. So, all right, and then lastly, um, 
uh, pretty a much smaller trade here. Bobby went out and um, reacquired a, another quarterback. Um, Bobby receives Mitch Trubisky, and Aaron receives a twenty twenty third. So, any uh, thoughts yeah, on pretty, that? Pretty um, vanilla trade. Yeah, pretty vanilla trade. I don't think I have too much to say other than, uh, I, yeah, you you want your uh, backup quarterback to be a solid guy. I think Mitch fit that fits that bill. So, you know, good yeah. on him. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a fine trade on both sides. So not not too much to say there. So okay, we are going to take a quick break because that's how this uh, phone call recording app works. We have to um, start new phone calls. So we will be right back. Okay, welcome back, guys. Um, we are now going to jump into the power rankings um, section of the uh, podcast. Uh, we did have a little smoke break. Um, yeah, it wouldn't be a Ben and Nico uh, podcast without one. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I had a I had a little smoke myself, feeling, yeah. um, you know, probably not as focused as I was before. So we'll see how the rest of this podcast goes. I might start talking with a um, southern accent like Bobby by um, by the end of the, this podcast, so we'll see. Yeah, as long as I can uh, remember everyone's names, we're good, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, sure, with, I can with, go first. Um, with your power rankings. And yeah, give, some, give a little context as to um, you know, why you picked who you picked. So go, go ahead, jump into it. Okay, so not surprisingly, I put the good fellas at number one. Uh, I think just a dominant offense in a defense that added Calais Campbell. Uh, looks really good at safety now. I uh, got question marks on my LB2 and 3, but I think I'll be able to figure it out. And I like some of the guys on the stream in there. So got myself at number one. I got Adam as a close number two. I just thought the... The offense wasn't quite there where it is with me. Granted, the defense is better. Um, so I think we'll be close. I got the Demons fraud himself at number three, Zach. Um, I think he's been making a lot of good moves to help himself recently. Um, I loved him getting Deshaun Watson to make up for Andrew Luck, but I think he's in a tier below me and Adam. Um then I went with kind of a surprise pick, Lorne. I like a lot of his uh, could-bes. Like he I don't think that's a surprize at all. I like, Lorne, uh, Lorne's got a good team. I really like Kenny G's potential. I think James White is a great could-be. Edelman is a will-be. So I think he's got some uh, great guys. I put uh, the man himself, Nico, at number five. I think you're uh, similar to Lauren. You've got a lot of could-bes, but I really like the way Geis has been trending. Um, I think DJ Moore is in the same tier. I'm going to do a little self-promoting here. I think he's in the same tier as Nikhil Harry of just bulletproof guys who are, you know, have uh, the college pedigree and the NFL draft capital, everything in their favor. Um, after that, I've got Joshy at number six. Uh, probably a little disrespect to the defending champ, but I think that's that's he, where he entered the playoffs last year, though. Last wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't yeah, he the sixth seed? Last month. 
And I think uh, he's got Zeke hanging over his head. Um, Patrick Mahomes is going to be great again. But, yeah, we'll see. He was, uh, he's also got a lot of those Colts guys who just maybe took a nosedive in value. Yeah. Um, then next I've got Slim Jim. I really like Dalvin Cook, and I love his defense. Um, I think a lot of these guys down here got kind of harder to rank, but I got Slim Jim at seven. And then um, I put Bobby at eight. I think he's got a lot of talent, even though um, some of it is a little expensive. Um, next up, I went with Tyreek's lawyer. I think he's done a great job this offseason in uh, building his team up. I like what he's got in David Montgomery. I like uh, his wide receivers are looking pretty decent now. Um, so I think he did a solid job positioning himself for next year, which is really his end game. Sure. Um, I've got Lezis at 10, but like you, we were talking about earlier, um, I think with his most recent trade, I might be sleeping on him a little bit, but I got yeah, him. Lee's made I, – I said it in Slack not long ago. Lee, for what he took over, that team was not good that he took over. And, um, you know, Elmob kind of let a lot of those contracts expire as well. I mean, remember he had to tag Lindsay just to trade him to me. Um, so I, you know, yeah, I can't believe Elma wasn't able to extend Lindsay during the season when it was like 7 million, yeah, 8 yeah, million exactly. in the next four years. So that was, that was difficult. Um, definitely a difficult situation for Lee. I've been in that situation and I mean, it, it's pretty remarkable how quickly Lee's turned that team around. I don't know. I'd have to really look at his contract situation to see where that puts him for the long term. You know, he might be just, you know, playing for this year and we'll see. But, you know, hey, that's that's what fantasy is about. You know, you want to play. If you can obviously get sustained success, but um, that's great. But, uh, you know, win this year if you can. Yeah, I think if anyone's going to surprise me and move up the list from where I have them, it'll be late. Sure. But then I've got uh, Charlie at 11. He's, you know, long said he sold out to get his first championship. I, remember I was in the league at the time. He really did. He went out and made all these moves that put him in a great position for then, but mortgaged his future. And he's doing his best he can to climb back up. I really think there's a lot of hope there with the young wide receivers he's got, a J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Paris yeah, he looks, He's still interesting. Ortega Whiteside. Apparently, you say Ortega. I've heard I've heard them saying it that way, and on the television. So I, I guess that I thought it was Ortega, but I think it's I think it's Spanish. He's from Spain. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know either of that those things. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Ortega Whiteside. I think that he he looks he looked amazing this preseason. I mean, and not just like oh he's balling on second and third stringers, but like he just passed the eye test. Yeah, and so then uh, so Charlie's in a great thing. He's in, and he's got Isabella there too. Yeah, so, yeah, Isabella. Who's gonna? Yeah, I, 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 you know I hate to keep getting off. Um, track here, but who's going to be the starting three wide receivers in Arizona? Looking like Keyshawn Johnson is one of them. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. Obviously like, Larry, yeah. Getting off the field. And then I 
Christian Kirk is the one who sticks out to me. I think you you play your veterans, but I love Isabella though. Yeah, I really yeah, love long, him. Long term, definitely. Jeremy is he, he's kind of a bit of a T Rex when you watch him. He's got these little arms and little hands. <laughs> <laughs> baby arms, it's like baby hands, Jack Doyle. We got baby arms, uh, Andy yeah, Isabella. That's one of the things that scared me about him. But I saw some pictures of him making one handed and catches and stuff that assuaged that a little bit, but all right. All right. So, uh, and then, uh, so actually, lastly, I've got a, he hate me. And, um, I think he's done a lot too, to make his wide receivers better. Curtis Samuel, uh, Michael Gallup, but there's still tons of work to be done on that roster. I think. Sure. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Aaron's, Aaron's definitely got some rebuilding to do. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll run through here. And we actually have a lot of, you know, I think our tiers are somewhat the same uh, outside of a couple guys. But I think, you know, we have a lot of um, differences in our power rankings. So, um, number one, I have Mr. Lord Ratty himself. I've got Ben. Got you up top here. Yes, sir. Um, Glad to hear it. I think uh, Tyree Kill coming podcast. back. Yeah, Tyree Kill coming back um, was key. Uh, I don't know that I would have you um, at number one if Hill didn't come back. Especially hey, it, with it really forced me to build wide receiver. That's what was crazy. Sure, and especially with Melvin Gordon out, um, if you had both of those guys out, I would still have you, you know, up near the top. But it, it'd be tough to put you at number one. But um, you know, you picked up some good players uh, on defense. You know, you got Clay's Campbell. Um, I'm a big fan of Quinn and Williams. Uh, got to watch quite a bit of him in the preseason, and he's just he's going on the first team against opposing first team linemen, and he's destroying them. Um, I think it was was it the Falcons that they played, where he just took the guard and threw him into um, Matt Ryan's back. It was, I mean, it was a man's man's work on that. So, big fan of uh, Williams. I think he could end up being, you know, I don't, I don't want to compare him to, like, Aaron Donald, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's top three, um, if not by the end of this year, definitely next year. So, yeah, you yeah. you got some good pickups on defense. And um, you've got some guys uh, waiting in the reins, too. Uh, you got, you know, Nikhil Harry, DK Metcalf. I don't know how much you're going to get out of them this year, but um, definitely for the future, those guys should both be pretty good. So, um, so second, I've got Lorne at number two. So a bit of a surprise there, um, compared to your ranking, you had him at four, um, just running through Lorne's roster. I think he's, I mean, Lorne's got a really good defense and he's also got some, some great pieces here on offense. I mean, so, um, not a big fan of his quarterback, uh, Jimmy G, not sure if that's going to work out. Uh, he's looked horrible so far in the preseason. Um, and, you know, they say it's preseason, but they apparently he's been bad in practice too. Um, but he acquired Duke Johnson. He's got Sony Michelle, who I think has been a um, – people have been sleeping on a little bit this year. I think Sony is, is going to be really good this year. Uh, and then uh, Kenny G and Amari Cooper at wide receiver. And then his, his flex is really good. Um, James White, Chris Godwin, Alshon Jeffrey – Julian Edelman. So from top to bottom, I think he's, you know, aside from your offense, I think he's got one of the most balanced offenses in the league. 
And then, um, I mean, he's got some studs on defense. Bobby Wagner, Darius Leonard. Um, trying to see who else he's got. Ed Oliver, defensive tackle. I think he's also a guy that could, um, you know, come in and be that next, you know, big DT name um, along with Quinn and Williams. Um, Keanu Neal at safety didn't even get, even get to play last year. So, you know, it's like adding a safety one just to his team that was already on the team. So. Yeah, I think for me the big reason I had Adam over Zach is maybe – I mean, not over Zach, over Lauren is maybe that um, – I think his studs might hit harder. I think um, Lauren does sure. have the more – balanced lineup through and through, but I think Adam just got those studs at top that can deliver him those 30-point, maybe even 40-point weeks that you need in the playoffs. Like, those A, B weeks, you know, sinking teams. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, I understand that. And at number three, I have Adam. Um, he's got some interesting decisions to make a quarterback between Cousins and Breeze. I also wasn't a fan of what I saw out of Cousins this preseason, but Again, it's the preseason. Cousins is a pro. I'm sure he'll he'll turn things around. Where with Jimmy G, I mean, we've only seen him be good for what four or five games. So that that's why I'm a little bit more concerned with Garoppolo. Um, running backs, uh, Lev Bell and Carryon Johnson. I've actually I've got Lev Bell in two of the drafts that I've done so far. I I was kind of surprised that I ended up with him. Um. Towards the end of the first, what do you what do you think about Lev Bell this year? Um, I'm a little hesitant just because last year I was maybe one of the biggest Kenyon Drake guys before the season, and I watched Adam Gase just use him, you know, mysteriously throughout <laughs> the whole season. And yeah. so I'm worried that Adam Gase, and especially with the reports that Adam Gase didn't want them to sign Le'Veon Bell that contract. Yeah, that's crazy. How do you let that out? Yeah, I know. Seriously, how does that not stay in-house? But, yeah, so I think the fact that he might not even wanted him there means that he's not tied necessarily. And the GM's gone who gave him that contract. So there's no one in that house who loses their job if he doesn't touch the ball 30 times a game. That's the thing. Yeah. You got to think, though, I mean, they're still paying him. Um, I I think he's going to get the touches. I don't know. Yeah, I think so, but I think you'd be surprised at Ty Montgomery's role this year. I think he'll actually carve out a little significant – Receiving, yeah. um, rushing on third down. Yeah, I, I do. I, the Jets have been surprising me so far this preseason. Though I, they've looked good in their preseason games, and um, that's just you know again, take what you will from the preseason. You can't just look at the box score and um, you know say, oh well, this team did great. But just watching the development of Sam Darnold, I mean, he's he's looked good and. I'm excited. Robbie Anderson has looked really good, and he's been on the field for almost all of the first-team offensive snaps, which is He's dealing with um, a soft tissue thing right now, I think. Who is this? Uh, Robbie Anderson. I saw that he was he was sidelined from practice oh, dealing shit. with some soft tissue thing. It might be one week or it might be three weeks. Oh, man. Well, I did not see that one, so we'll have to go look at that a little bit closer. But – um. Yeah, so moving along, moving along um, yeah, so carry on is number two. It's great number two running back there. Um, then Mike Evans and OBJ, probably the the best. I mean, actually, you probably have the best one-two bunch of wide receiver, but 
that might be the second best one to punch a wide receiver. Um, I'm expecting big things out of OBJ well, with Baker Mayfield this year. And then Mike Evans, the back end wide receiver one, who's just been nothing but a stud since he came into the league. Um, I, I don't know about Dante Pettis. I see him in Adams flex here. Um, the reports have been a little weird with Mr. Pink hair. I'm sure Adam won't be ha- happy to hear this, but um, it's your boy, Adam. Dante's been uh, he's been acting up a little bit. They made him. Didn't they make him play in the fourth quarter during the last preseason game? That's crazy. Yeah. So I, I don't know why why they're doing that, um, but hopefully he can get his stuff together. But Adam's got some studs on defense as well. Um, Cameron Jordan, Everson Griffin, uh, two great defensive ends there. Uh, probably both in the defensive end, um, you know, a defensive end one conversation. Um, and then uh, Deion Jones, Fred Warner, Tremaine Edmonds um, at, uh, at linebacker. I'm a big fan of Tremaine, Ed- Tremaine Edmonds, who got overshadowed a little bit last year by um, by Darius Leonard, but Edmonds and even Leighton Van Der Esch, but Edmonds was really good as a rookie last year, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Buda Baker um, at safety. Um, good safety there. Uh, Eric Reed in his flex. Just wanted to say something about Eric Reed. He seems like just such an ass. Did you, <laughs> did you see the hit on um, on Ben Watson? No. He was basically laying on the ground already. And Eric Reed comes in and just blasts him in the head. <laughs> and Watson left with a concussion. It was it was very dirty. Oh, that's not good. Um, yeah. So uh, between that and then him trying to fight Malcolm Jenkins before a game last year, I'm just I'm not a big Eric Reed fan. Sorry, Adam. Sorry to hate on your players. You can we can talk about it in Slack later. So, but uh, yeah, Adam at number three. Um, let's move on here. Zach at number four. Uh, again, Zach had a great offseason. I think he really made his team a lot better than it was last year. Um, you know, Zach had, you know, some some pieces in place, but had, had a little a little bit of bad luck last year. I experienced a little bit of that as well. But, um, yeah, I think he's built upon what he, um, what he had, and he's really kind of, you know, pushed his chips on the table for this year. Um, next, at number five, I have Mr. Lezus himself. I have Lee at five. Yeah, so you had Lee at ten. I have him at five. So just wanted to go through his roster here a little bit. Um, Mr. Kraft, Wackeroni, and Cheese. Lee's, always, Lee's got quite a few um, nice little plays on words on his, you know, his usernames and stuff. So um, Jared Goff, a quarterback. Uh, I think Goff has an op- opportunity to be a back-end quarterback one. Um uh, he acquired Chris Carson, who I, I think could also – I think he could be an RB1 this year. Josh Jacobs, nice young guy um, with talent that should, you know – I don't know how many points Jacobs is going to score on a weekly basis just because that offense is kind of unknown, but he should get a lot of touches. And then A.B. and Brandon Cooks, I mean, that's a that's a very good one-two punch at wide receiver. So that, that's just a starting lineup from the, from an offense standpoint. And if you look at his flex, he's got Mark Ingram, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, and then Dante Moncrief, who I'm not sure about. I, I don't know if, it's, if Moncrief's the guy there, but that's a hell of an offense right there. Yeah, I think I've, I've definitely been sleeping. 
sleeping yeah. in the Lisas. Yeah, yeah. We've got to stay woke on Lisas. So, <laughs> um, and then you look on defense. He's got Aaron Donald in D- at DT. So you got the DT one there. Um, Frank Clark, who's you know back in defensive end one. Brandon Graham, who's expected to take a big step this year, he could be in that DE1, DE2 conversation. Got Chandler Jones, uh, Anthony Hitchens, and Jared Davis at linebacker. Um, I think, did Jared Davis, was that injury serious? I know he Um, got banged up a little bit. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Okay, well, um, and then at um, safety, I, I don't know about who he's got at safety. He's got Justin Evans and Micah Hyde. I know it's been a, l- a few years since Hyde's been been very good. but um, And then Alec Ogletree, who's the starting, you know, um, starting linebacker for the Giants, who will probably be expected to make a lot more tackles with Landon Collins out. So, so his defense is, um, isn't bad either. Oh, so Davis is injured. He's going to miss time early in the season, but he's not out for the year. Okay, well – um, you know, I'm looking at his at his bench here. He's got Dante Fowler, um, Mark Mac Wilson, and Ryan Kerrigan. So we might be in the market for another linebacker if Jared Davis misses time. So, but uh, overall, I like his team. Um, yeah, have him at five. Number six, I've got the. That's where we uh, agreed for the first time since number one. I have Josh at number six, um, the commish and the champ. Uh, I had to bump Josh down a notch or two just because of the Andrew Luck news. I mean, he's got a bunch of um, he's got a bunch of Colts. I mean, he's got the two main Colts really. He's got um, Marlon Mack and uh, T.Y. Hilton. So I have no idea what to expect from those guys this year. Um, you know, maybe I think Mack is probably fine. Um, he's got a, he's running behind a pretty good offensive line, but Ty Hilton was not very good when Luck was out the last time. Um, you know, looking at the rest of his roster, the Zeke holdout also affects Josh. I know that's yeah, probably huge. driving him crazy. Uh, especially there's looks like there was an update that got put out today. Um, so it basically says he hasn't had any further extension talks since their last talk. So, yeah, Jones uh, looks like Jerry Jones is playing some hardball. He came out today <clears throat> and said that there's no time frame and that they're not in any rush to get it done by week one and that they're treating it just like an injury. Which is stupid. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, I think it was stupid that the Rams paid Todd Gurley that much last year. Uh, you know, I definitely think running backs deserved an increase, but they kind of set the bar high for everybody with that. Uh, and look, they're paying for it now. I mean, I think Gurley's going to be good this year, but I mean, I, I bet you they wish they weren't paying him that much. Yeah, and then, a perfect nightmare situation where you look at a guy who's now getting paid a huge contract and who has the degenerative knee, and it's the nightmare of every other running back. So this guy set the market, but now teams are looking out and saying, "Oh man, like we don't want to be in yeah. that situation." But Zeke, Zeke absolutely be, deserves to be the highest-paid running back in the league. I mean, yeah. until, you know, maybe Barkley gets his second deal. Other than that, I mean, I would put I'd put Zeke slightly ahead of Barkley as far as, you know, just a, a, a sheer running back. Um, but it's tough. It's tough to pay, you know, pay somebody that much when, you know, how many, how many more years of running like a 
of you know an uncaged bull does does Zeke have left? Um, you don't know. Maybe a few more years. But um, anyways, moving along. Um, got a couple good flex plays from Josh. Uh, Mike Williams, big fan of him. Um, Christian Kirk, you know, we'll hopefully see his progression uh, with Kyler Murray, but I don't think anybody really knows what that offense is going to do, at least in the beginning of the year. Um, on defense, Josh has obviously shown the ability to, you know, pick and choose defenders here and there. Some of these guys, I don't – yeah, he does. He's got the inside info that I just, you know, I wish I had. Because some of these guys, I don't know – like, I know them as players, but I don't know how they'll be um, on the field, you know. Uh, I, I don't know how Justin Houston's going to be for the Colts this year. But Josh Josh has got him slated in his starting lineup, so he, he probably feels pretty confident about him. Um, you know, obviously the high, the highest paid man, Jayon Brown. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I was actually the man chasing Jayon Brown up to that price. I don't think he gets anywhere close without me. So, you know, John. <laughs> so, you, so you're willing to pay him that much too? I was at the time, and now I am very thankful that I didn't. No offense to Josh here, but I think you're pe- he needs to become the top linebacker. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listening to Josh and um, you know Adam and Bobby talk, I mean, clearly Jayon Brown is uh, got a lot of talent. I think he's the future there. Um, he's definitely the future there. I'm not even gonna say think. I, you know, he's definitely the future there. But Wesley Woodyard is still there. Uh, and I, you know, unless he's a, like a, a cut this year, I think they're gonna split time and. Woodyard is a, a tackling machine when he's on the field. Yeah, I mean, if, if Jayon is uh, the 15th overall linebacker, is Josh happy? Um, depends on – I think it depends on the, you know, the long-term out, output. You know, I think he – this is a four-year deal, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I think it had to be. Yeah. So I think Josh is not banking on just this year, but every year for the next four years. But, um, you know, we'll see. Um, definitely like the talent there. So, yep, Josh at number six. Um, and then moving on to number seven, uh, finally slated myself here. Um, you know, I had some really good things going for me this offseason with some of my uh, dart throws. That's what I like to call my team, my little dart throws. Uh, but some of them regressed a little bit. Um, you know, the whole um, – Darius Geis saga has just been a nightmare to have to – I mean, I guess that's being dramatic considering that you and Josh are both dealing with players that are currently holding out. <laughs> but um, Darius Geis, man, I I thought for sure coming into this year he's just going to be a bell cow. But, uh, and I, I don't get it because he, he has looked good uh, from what I've seen. It's just maybe the Redskins don't – they want to ensure he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, that's that's kind of my take is that they're going to give him this year and say get fully healthy and next year we're really running out Darius guys. It's like they have to do that or else they're just going to have so many lawsuits on their hands because of their medical practice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're they're already in hot water for how they they've been handling a lot of stuff recently. They can't afford that Darius guys re-injured. Yeah. So, um 
you know, I've got the, the Denver backfield lockdown, which I did that um, just kind of, you know, I, I kind of thought when I acquired Freeman and then sought out Lindsay, I kind of thought that it was, um, you know, I was going to be just rostering Lindsay and then Freeman was going to be there in case Lindsay got hurt. But it, it really looks like they might both be playable options. But at the same time, they might both limit each other's upside this year. So we'll see how that goes. Lindsay has still looked good um, from the carries I saw in the preseason, but I think Freeman has looked good as well. Yeah, uh, they're both super talented. Yeah, so, you know, I was talking to Adam about this a few days ago, but I liked what I saw out of the, the, the Broncos in their third preseason, or was it their second preseason game uh, where yeah. the starters played? Um Flacco might be getting slept on this year. Um, you know, I, I that sounds crazy to say, but, I mean, he was he had some zip on the ball. And he, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders was getting open and Flacco was dropping it in there. For him, so. uh, Sanders, you know, that was a big gamble there. I, You know, maybe he can get off to a hot start. We'll see if he can do that for the full season. And then my biggest disappointment, uh, leading into the season, it's just Rashad Penny has not come out and taken the job like I thought he was going to. But that, that I think, is more credit to Chris Carson just being a stud. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, quite a bit of – quite a few dart throws on offense. Um, you know, I still have Nick Chubb in the lineup. Um, you know, still got uh, DJ Moore, um Jarvis Landry, O.J. Howard, so some some good pieces on offense. And then on defense, uh, Joey Bosa, Leighton Vander Esch. Um, you know, I actually have Wesley Woodyard uh, sitting in my starting lineup. So until I hear he's not on the team, I'm going to play him. And yeah. then uh, then Miles Jack and um, some good safeties as well. So, yeah, I got myself um, sixth on the list here. Or seven, I'm sorry, seventh on the list. Josh was sixth. Uh, moving on, we agree again. I've got Bobby at number eight. Um, I think Bobby has kind of dismantled his team a little bit here uh, this offseason, kind of gone into rebuild mode a little bit, um, but still has some talent. I, you know, it's funny. I think anybody from about, I would say, all the way down to even 11 have a shot at making the team uh, or making the team, making the playoffs. Um, I, I think there's a lot of parity in the league. So, um, you know, while I have Bobby ranked at eighth, um, you know, he could definitely end higher than that. Yeah, it was definitely here. hard making this list. Uh, a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, it's a pre. Like, it's a preseason yeah. list, so you know, a lot of this stuff's going to change throughout the year. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Kamara and Gurley, uh, those are that's a great one-two puncher at running back. Um. You know, I don't know about his wide receiver core. He's got Terry McLaurin and Jake Kumaro as his two wide receivers. The legend of Jake Kumaro. What's that? He's got some good flex wide receivers. He's kind of got yeah, a roster yeah. assembled. I almost, maybe, maybe he's trolling us right now. Yeah, um, I think so. The legend of Jake Kumaro lives on, though. This, people have been talking about Jake Kumaro as a believer <laughs> for like four years. Um, I know his hair gets longer and his lawyer yeah. gets and Aaron Rodgers just loves him. That's what they always say. Aaron Rodgers loves Jake Kumaro. Yeah, like they're going out to get smoothies and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Um, you know, to like try to chug beer at the slow pace on the man. Yeah, just just a bromance. Um, <laughs> David and Joku, decent at tight end there. Um, yeah, he's got some good flex plays. He's got Derrick Henry, Allen Robinson, uh, AJ Green when he eventually comes back. Um, if he can walk, will be a good play. AJ yeah. Green's great when he's on the field. It's just when is he on the field? That's a problem. Um, and then, uh, yeah, on defense, he's got some studs. Uh, Miles Garrett, uh, DeForest Buckner, Josh Allen, we expect to be a stud, Quan Alexander, Roquan, Corey Littleton. So, yeah, he, I mean, and then he's got some really good safeties as well. So, um, I think Bobby, you know, he'll make up for, you know, having Jake Kumaro as a starting wide receiver yeah. on the yeah, defensive side of the ball. So. And there's still yeah. time before the season, so we'll we'll see what Bobby. Yeah, Bobby will trade. He'll make 20 trades before the season starts, anyways. Um, all right. So next, I have Mr. Jim Beer the Reaper at number nine. Uh, Jim had a pretty quiet off season. Not too many trades. He just kind of stuck with his team, and and um, you know, he, he did make a couple trades, but stuck with his team, and then built through the draft, which you know you got to respect that. Um, but he's got some good talent on offense. Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas, Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, Tariq Cohen should be a good flex. But, um, you know, I don't know about – he's got Jamal Williams in his flex position. I don't I don't know if he'll um, have any type of contribution this year or not. You know, maybe if Aaron Jones gets banged up or something. Uh, but he's got some good defenders. Um, yeah. Jalen Smith, uh, Tag McKinley, Neil Hunter. Or Danielle Hunter, <laughs> as uh, was that Zach called <laughs> Danielle Hunter? Um, <laughs> yeah, so he's got some good uh, players on the defensive side of the ball. But um, yeah, it, like I said, anybody I think down to number eleven has a shot at making the playoffs. So basically, sorry to number twelve, but everybody else is good. <laughs> um, number ten, I have Charlie. Um, let me pull Charlie up here. Mr. Crying Tannehill. Um, so Charlie has an interesting team because I think Charlie, Charlie's a, got a team that could come on in the second half of the year because he's got a lot of rookies and a lot of young players on his team. But he currently has Gus Edwards and Ty Montgomery as the starting running backs. Um, not a big fan of that for Charlie. Uh, but, you know, he's got – He's got a couple guys that I think could slot into there by the end of the year. Um, Darwin Thompson, big fan of him right now. Uh, I was yeah. trying to get him in both my drafts, and I, I missed out on, on him in both. Yeah, I was desperately trying to get a fourth in this league um, during the rookie draft to get Darwin, and, and I was trying to get, actually get Darwin and Pollard. Well, yeah, he's got Pollard as well. So, yeah, in our other so. league, I do. I've had Darwin and Pollard since the uh, rookie draft. No, Charlie, yeah, you have him, them in that league, but Charlie has Pollard in this league as well. Yeah, so, I know. So, I mean, if Zeke's out, Pollard goes right into the starting lineup for Charlie. Um, but And he's got Austin Eckler as well. So as long as Gordon's out, you know, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think, um, you know, Charlie could do, you know, he could do some looking at his, at his roster here and I think pump out a few more points than, than what he's currently got slated depending upon how the season starts off. But he's got some really good young defenders as well. Uh, Devin White, who 
to me, it's looking like it's going to take Devin White a little bit of time to get acclimated. I don't know if you've had a chance to to watch much of him or not. I not too much of White. I watched a lot of Bush. Bush has looked like a stud. I mean, he's come – from what I've seen, Bush has come in and just been the guy, uh, where White has looked like he's um, been a little bit more tentative. So, still think he's a great player and going to be a great player, but it might take him a little bit longer um, on that one. But he's got some good safeties as well. Justin Reed, Sean Williams. Um, Reed, you know, definitely, a, I think, a top-end safety one. Hey, he was a rookie last year, correct? Um, yeah, I believe so. Justin Reed, yeah, for Houston, for the Texans. Yeah, he was. He had that um, 100-yard interception last year. I, don't, I can't remember how many points that scored, Charlie, but that was that was a great play. Um, so moving on, uh, let's see, number 11, I've got Sam, uh, Mr. Tyreek's lawyer. Sam is clearly in a rebuild. I think that we all know that, but he has, I think, put himself in a pretty good place to yeah. compete um, if some things fall the right way. If Damian Williams comes out and he's a stud for the full season, that would be great for Sam. Uh, he's also got Devonta Freeman, who, if he can stay healthy for 16 games, should also be in a, you know, a back-end RB1. Um, Marvin Jones, Jamison Crowder as his wide receivers. Uh, you know, I think there's some upside with Marvin Jones, and I think Jamison Crowder's a little bit unknown right now. And then he's got David Montgomery and the flex, but, um, you know, outside of that, I think most of his talent lies, uh, on offense anyways, lies on his bench kind of waiting right now. Um, he's got Devin Singletary. He's got A.J. Brown. Jalen Hurd, who looked like a beast. Um, Noah Fant. He's got some really good, you know, rookies that I think may help towards the end of this year, but definitely next year will will help Sam out a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh but yeah, Sam's got some good some good pieces on defense as well. Fletcher Cox at D T. Um Bradley Chubb, who looked like just an absolute beast in the preseason as well. Did you see that like I think he had like two sacks and a force fumble on the same yeah. drive. <laughs> yeah. So he he looked awesome, um, and then he's got you know Jamal Adams who should be safety one or at least pushing for safety one after um, you know the injury out with the Chargers. So yeah, yeah, with Derwin out, I think Adams is a slam dunk for uh, safety one. Yeah, and with um, Avery Williamson going down, Adams is going to be expected to do more. So which sucks for me, but uh, it is what it is. Um, and then last but not least. We've got he hate me. We've got Aaron um, at at number twelve. You know, I think Aaron's definitely in a rebuild, but he, he's picked up some good young pieces. Uh, Damian Harris. You know, we could see him in that role. As, as, you know, if there was an injury to Sony as early as this year, but I don't know how long Sony is for the league. Like some of these guys, I think Sony's got a lot of talent, but I just you know you wonder about knee issues at a young age. Yeah. Um, so Damian Harris could be good for him. Michael Gallup, uh, I'm excited about this year. Um, I actually paid Aaron to take Marquise Goodwin away because I didn't like the contract going into the draft. It looks like Goodwin is the, the starting 
the starting X receiver for San Francisco, which is insane to think about with all the receivers they have on their team. Yeah, and how much work they did in the draft about <clears throat> Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, he's got his big acquisition, Curtis Samuel. Um, definitely a little bit more than I would have liked to pay for Curtis Samuel, but you got the money, you know, I understand going out and getting your guy. Um, and he's got some good pieces on defense as well. Um, let's see. He had the big, oh, where was it? Oh, he's got him in the flex. The Chris Jones, uh, 11.5 million. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, Jones was uh, actually my main target, and I'm really happy I didn't get him because I wanted him as a DN. Yeah. And I, well, I knew he was going to be at the tackle when I was seeing with rose-colored glasses, and so I ended up uh, with Calais as my consolation, and I kind of think he ended up being the bigger prize. Well, I like Chris Jones. I mean, I'd love to have Chris Jones on my team as a DT so that I could play him at DT. Um the problem is, is Aaron has Akeem Hicks, so he's got another yeah. really good DT. So it's tough to take one of those guys out. And pay so, so much for another yeah. DT. Yeah, and he's not – I mean, Hicks is 4.3, so it's not like he's cheap either. No. So, um, so yeah, that rounds out our, um, our power rankings. Um, you know, what are, you, what are your thoughts? You know, we've got kind of some differing views here. We had the first and the last and the sixth the same. So beginning, middle, and end, we had the same. But uh, had some differences. What do you think? Yeah, I think I um, – I don't know. I think I definitely saw Lorne yeah, in a lower position than you did, maybe because of the could-be nature of some of his guys, which I thought I was ranking him kind of high, but I guess I was ranking him low. Um, Lee, the same thing. I think you had kind of enlightened me on the Lee train a little bit today. Yeah, don't sleep on Lee. I'm telling you right now, he's got. You know, we went through it, but he's. You know, he's got some breakout potential. But yeah, my my overall takeaway is probably a lot of parity in the XFL this year. Um, once you get outside of the top, uh, I'd say me, Adam, Zach. And Lorne, I can really see anyone after that other than uh, Aaron. Sorry, Aaron, making a, a run for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I can't, I think I was talking to you about this. I played Charlie week one, and you know, I'm trying to make the playoffs this year. I, I, I think that I'm in a good position to possibly do that. And Charlie, you know, I have him at ten, you have him at eleven, but I could easily see myself losing to Charlie week one. I mean, he's got some guys that could pop in it. You know, that's just not a good way to start off your season if you're, you know, hoping to get in the playoffs. And then, um, yeah, I mean, if he really has a, guy a starting to. Tony Pollard and a starting Austin Eckler, yeah. week one, man, that, yeah. <laughs> suddenly Definitely you're looking at them. a back to lineup, especially with his defense. Yep. So, okay, well, this concludes our uh, power ranking segment. We're going to take another quick break, and then we are going to get into the um, – we're going to do kind of a brief preview of week one. So uh, we will be right back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so the final segment is going to be our week one predictions. So um, let's let's just jump right into it. Um, so game one, we've got Tyreek's lawyer 
Mr. Sam Cosby taking on Houston Gamblers. Uh, the commission, Josh Raymer. I have an upset for week one. This is my upset of the week, and it's going to be Sam upsetting Josh week one. I actually have that as well. You do? Yeah, okay. I do. What's, I think, what's uh, your score looking like? It's going to be a low-scoring game, and I think it's the impact of the Colts offense kind of saying, oh, shit, what do we do without Andrew Luck? They're going to need to figure their stuff out, you know, with that short turnaround. And then you're dealing with Ezekiel Elliott, who, yeah, that's in my estimation, one. I don't think he's going to be back. I don't think he's back week one now. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I don't I don't think he is. So <clears throat> you take that. You take Zeke out and you slightly downgrade the, the two, you know, studs from the Colts. Um, and then, you know, Sam's going to have a healthy Devonta Freeman. He's going to have Damian Williams definitely in the role for week one. I don't know if he's going to have that that role all year. I'll, I'll be completely honest. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's got everything lined up for, for week one. So, yeah, I've got um, I've got Sam winning about around 240 to about 230. Yeah, I think that's a solid approximation. But, yeah, that's interesting. We both got the upset, Sam, over the commission week one. Yeah, all right. So next game, we have Mr. Kraft Wackeroni and Cheese, Mr. Lezus himself, going against Charlestown Couldbees. Now, according to RSO, this is going to be a blowout in Lee's favor, but we know that their um, scoring is kind of jacked up. So, yeah, I have Mr. Lezus winning this game, actually. I went the other way. I went with Lauren for this one. Okay. Um, just where I'm seeing, I, I think that, um, Lee has the, um, he's got the better RB and wide receiver combos on offense. Um, you're talking Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, uh, against Duke Johnson and Sony Michelle. Um, and that's close. That's not a, that's not a big victory on Lee's side. Um, but then we have, um, uh, Mr. Um, Antonio Brown and Brandon Cooks against Kenny Galladay and Amari Cooper. I, I definitely like the Brown-Cooks side in that one. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd take Cooper over Cooks, but then definitely Galladay over – I mean, Brown over Galladay. Yeah. Now, if Duke Johnson comes out and he's just getting all the touches, that could definitely change things. That's kind of what I was thinking. I think <coughs> week one is going to get peppered, I think. Yeah. Uh, looking on defense, they both have good pieces on defense. Um, I mean, man, Lauren's, I think the line Lauren's linebackers are nasty. Separating them. Yeah, 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 I think that's where I just saw that I think he has the opportunity to pull away because Leonard last year was 20 to 30, book it. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he should jump right in. And then, Bobby Wagner is healthy, or he's dealing with – I think he's, he's dealing with a slight injury, isn't he, but should be ready by week one? Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be good for week one. Because okay. Well, I think it's a close game, and I think they both um, are approaching 300 in this game and on a mostly weekly basis. Um, but, yeah, I've got Lee winning this one, uh, and you've got um, Lauren winning. All right, so moving next to um, – we've got Big Pick Lover. Mr. Adam Markham taking on He Hate Me, um, Aaron. 
Uh, I've got I, Adam winning this one. Yeah, I think this is our first uh, shot at maybe the, a bit for our first big blowout of the season in the XFFL. Yeah. I got Adam. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I think Aaron's got some good pieces on defense, but the offense is just, it's not even close. Adam's, um, you know, got some studs at running back and wide receiver and even some in the flex. So, uh, yeah, uh, Adam wins. Adam's approaching 300, and I think, uh, you know, Aaron's closer to 200. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> we can see a huge score discrepancy there. Yep. Okay, moving on to the next one. Uh, we've got my matchup, so I won't talk too much about this, but I'll let you do the talking. We've got um, Charlie, Mr. Cry and Tannehill, taking on myself, Mr. Can You Beat Off Constantly. So, over the course of the podcast, <laughs> I actually have changed my pick. <laughs> and I'm, okay. going with, um, I'm going with Charlie here. Oh, man. I, I think he, I really, I think this Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard thing is going to come true, at least for week one. Okay. And I think that is going to, that alone is going to be enough to give him a shot, um, I think Julio will go off in week one. Yeah, his he, wide receivers are – Julio yeah. is the best out of either. Um, I don't know about Sammy Watkins, but Julio is much better than anything that I've got at wide receiver. I definitely – I like O.J. Howard over Hooper for sure. Um, I think Sanders will be better than Humphreys, but we, we'll see if they're healthy. And then I – Robbie Anderson, it's looking like he's not going to be healthy for this week. Sure. Now, I do have one thing about my team that I've built is I've got a lot of options on the bench. Yeah. Um, I've got MVS, uh, Tyrell Williams, Will Fuller, Anthony Miller, who returned to practice today, uh, Rashad Penny, Royce Freeman, Darius Geis, Justice Hill, that could all get in that flex area somewhere. So my lineup may not be set, as you know, if there's some injuries coming up. Yeah, and then I think – the defense is where I tip it. J.J. Watt always likes to come out in prime time and do something big. Uh, Lavonna David, Martinez. Um, Devin White, well, if he comes out and looks like a rookie, I think that might give you an edge. But sure. if he comes out and looks great, that could be um, one of the determining factors as well. Sure, sure. All right, well, there you have it. So that's so that I mean that would be considered another upset. Um, you know, we both had Charlie ranked uh, below me, not by too many spots, but um, not as big of an upset as Sam over Josh. Yeah, an upset for sure. And it's really if if he doesn't have Pollard and Eckler in there, then I'm giving it to you. Sure. Um, yeah, I I think that I you know I think on paper I win. Uh, but there's definitely something about this matchup that definitely has got me a little bit nervous. Um, and yeah, we'll see. I've got, I've got a couple guys that are waiting to see you guys, uh, and that my lineup might not be where it needs to be week one. So we'll see how that goes. So next we've got, um, Mr. Demon's fraud, Zach going up against the good fellas, Ben. Um, so this is, you know, both guys in the top three or four in both power rankings. So this is the biggest matchup of the week for sure. Um, and let's see here. I've got Ben winning this one. 
Um, it's going to be hard to pick against you most weeks just because of your running back situation that you had that you have. Um, you know, we'll see with Melvin Gordon. But even if Melvin Gordon doesn't play, uh, you know, you could put in, you know, I don't know. I guess I go you don't have Corey too many Davis. options. Yeah, Corey Davis is probably probably your best bet. But I, you know, I think we all know how we all stand on Corey Davis um, with Mariota throwing him the ball. But even with that, um, you know, you've got a pretty stacked team now. Definitely, that could definitely come out and win this game if because he's got a couple of studs that could absolutely go off. If David Johnson looks like David Johnson from a few years ago, and you know, if Joe Mixon can, you know, crack 100 yards and get in the end zone a couple times, then we're talking a different story. You know, he's got Juju Smith-Schuster as well. He's got huge play upside, but I think as far as the, the favorite um, to win, it would be you and, and Zach would really have to have some, some booms happen in order to come out with a victory. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it either because it is my own matchup, but I did take myself in it. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect anything else. Uh, ben. All right. But, so the last matchup, we've got Bobby did Josh Allen um, going up. And he is he he's still the Josh Allen? Yeah, okay. So yeah. he did. He does still have both Josh Allens. I thought that he traded one of them. <laughs> um, going up against Fear the Reaper, um, Jim. So this is a, this is a good matchup. Um, RSO's got him kind of back-to-back as far as projected points. Um, can't really go off of that. But uh, running back's a good battle. Uh, well, not really, actually. Um, LaShawn McCoy, uh, not sure if he is going to be it or not. I actually took him in a in a draft tonight. Late, though. Yeah, well, um, I, it's looking more and more to me like he actually makes that roster and retains it. Yeah, role. and if he if he is and he, he gets the nod, he's definitely serviceable, but uh, Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley, definitely that goes to Bobby. Um, <laughs> Jake Kumaro and Terry McLaurin going up against Michael Thomas and Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I'm going to give the nod to Thomas and Ridley on that one. Um, you know, unless Bobby's really expecting big things out of Jake Kumaro, I can tell. It's uh, he loves him just like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, um, Kumaro and McLaurin are going to look like Devontae and Tyreek. Come next year, just watch. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, <laughs> Derrick Henry, Rashad Higgins, Allen Robinson up against Tariq Cohen, Jamal Williams, Corlin Sutton, and Deshaun Jackson. I don't think um, I don't think AJ Green is going to play until like week three or four. No, they said that's the best case scenario. So um, he'll switch Green out. Um, I think I. I mean, depending on who he goes in there, that's that's a pretty good matchup because Cohen and um Cohen's got some pretty got a pretty safe floor. And then who knows with Sutton and Deshaun Jackson, those guys could both boom. So really yeah, a toss up there. This was the closest one for me. I gave it to uh Slim Jim just because of um I think Terry McLaurin might be good, but he's just a rookie wide receiver and that's a lot to trust in a rookie wide receiver and then um not sure how much Higgins is going to be. He might be a wash with Williams. And then I'm yeah, not Higgins sure. is a good. He's a good pro player, but I, you know, it's going to be tough to get targets in that offense. So, um, with those with those guys there, hey Ben, yeah, can you hear me? Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
And then, um, so I think, and then he, he probably will end up plugging in Geronimo Allison or maybe Zay Jones. He, if he's bold, he'll go with Malcolm Brown instead of A.J. Green, but I don't think any of those guys I'd necessarily take over Corlin Sutton or Deshaun Jackson. So it's going to be a close one, but I think I'm giving it to Slim Jim here. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to go – we'll split the difference on this one. I'm going with Bobby, but, again, I, I think it's a close one um, and, a, and a good matchup. So I think that they're both right around 240 or so on the points, uh, 230, 240, somewhere in that range. So, um, And that's it. So that, those were our picks. Um, so we've, you know, gone through the, uh, the trades. We've gone through the power rankings and our picks for week one. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening um, and for putting up with Mr. Ratty and myself. SFFL, yeah, you know we stay flexing. 12 good teams, bout to find out who the best is. Coming to you every week like a stack correction. Josh and Bobby on the mic about to send a message. Yeah, we air it out. Only one ring, who gon' wear it out? Build up your team before I tear it down. Turn on the games, it's going down.